0: be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Tasco Mines 3rd Quarter Earnings Production Results 2021 conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speakers remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number 1 on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press pound. Thank you. Mr. Tass, Brian Burgo, you may begin your conference.
1: Thank you, Kelsey. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining TSECO's third quarter 2021 conference call. The news release announcing our financial and operational results was issued yesterday after market close and is available on our website at com. On the call today with me is TSECO's President and CEO, Stuart McDonald, Taseco's Chief Financial Officer, Bryce Hamming, and our Senior VP of Operations, Richard Tremblay. As usual, before we get into opening remarks by management, I would like to remind our listeners that our comments and answers to your questions will contain forward-looking information. This information, by its nature, is subject to risks and uncertainties that may cause the stated outcome to differ materially from the actual outcome. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, I encourage you to read the cautionary note that accompanies our third quarter MD&A and the related news release, as well as the risk factors particular to our company. I would also like to point out that we will use various non-GAAP measures during the call. You can find explanations and reconciliations regarding these measures in the related news release. After opening remarks, we'll open the phone lines to analysts and investors for a question and answer session. I'll now turn the call over to Stuart for his remarks.
2: Okay, thanks, Brian. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining us on the call and the webcast. Where we'll be reviewing the operating and financial results that we released yesterday. And to start off, I'll say we're very happy with the third quarter results from our Gibraltar mine. Um, you know, As a combination of strong production results with the ongoing high copper prices has resulted in record revenues and EBITDA for the quarter. In the first two quarters of this year, we mined below average head grades, and so the full benefit of the high copper price environment wasn't reflected in our earnings. But in Q3, everything fell into place. We had higher grades as, as expected and a copper price that traded consistently in the range of $4.25 per pound, which is about 50% higher than the average price last year. Copper production of 35 million pounds was right on plan and nearly 30% better than the second quarter, mainly driven by higher grades but also improved throughput and recoveries. Quarterly, moly production also increased to 570,000 pounds which helps as a byproduct credit. Our spend on site operating costs was very similar to the previous two quarters, but the higher metal production resulted in a steep decline in unit operating costs, as our total C1 fell to $1.57 a pound from about $2 in the previous quarter. All of these favorable factors led to adjusted EBITDA of $76 million, which is actually 50% higher than our best quarter over the last 10 years. Cash flows from operations was also strong at $68 million, and and as always with these numbers, remind people that TSECO only reports its 75% share of the mine's earnings in cash flow. We expect the strong operational and financial results to continue into the fourth quarter, with copper prices remaining above third quarter levels, and we continue to have access to higher-grade ore in the Pollyanna pit. Copper production should be similar again in Q4, and we expect approximately 120 million pounds of total production for the year, in line with our previous guidance. Looking ahead to next year, we'll transition away from ore mining in the Pollyanna pit, and the new Gibraltar pit will become the primary source of ore. While we're not giving formal production guidance yet, our current expectation is that 2022 will be a similar year to 2021 in terms of copper production. We've spoken in the past about the potential benefits of softer ore in the Gibraltar pit. Based on a small amount of initial Gibraltar pit ore that's been processed in the last month or so, we continue to see that as an upside, uh, potential upside to production forecasts next year. One area that we're watching closely right now is input costs, where we're starting to see some inflationary pressure. The most significant increase to date has been related to diesel, which makes up about 10% of our site costs at Gibraltar. We've seen prices trending upwards in recent months, and the current price is approximately 10% higher than the current year to date average. Another area of note is ocean freight, where we've been protected from recent cost escalation by a long term freight contract. At current market rates, we're at risk for a cost increase of a few cents a pound when that contract expires early next year. We'll continue to monitor costs closely, but believe that overall these are very manageable items which are at record levels in Canadian dollar terms. The shift in market sentiment for copper over the last year has been dramatic, and we're seeing that reflected in analysts' long-term price forecasts. When thinking about Gibraltar, it's important to keep in mind that the current 500 million- ton reserve is based on the long-term copper price of 275 U.S. per pound. Given the recent shift in the price outlook, we're now considering updating our reserve estimate at a higher copper price. The mine has an additional 500 million tons of resources on top of the reserve, and there's potential to bring a portion of that into reserves to extend the current 17-year mine life. So we'll be doing that work that engineering work in the coming months, you know, but it, it's clear to me that Gibraltar remains a very valuable long-life asset. Turning to Florence now, uh, capital expenditures increased at the project this quarter as we awarded a key contract for major processing equipment for the SXEW plant. While we're still waiting for the draft UIC permit to be issued by the EPA, we have confidence in their permitting process and we're continuing to advance other aspects of the project. Procurement of long lead time items helps us reduce the risk of supply chain issues and delivery delays which are impacting other projects and operations around the world. We want to have secured key components on site to minimize any impact to the construction schedule next year. We expect the draft permit to be sent to us very soon for an initial review, followed by the public comment period and the public hearing. The additional time waiting for the permit is certainly frustrating for us, and I'm sure for investors as well, but we remain confident that it will be issued soon and that construction will begin in the new year. As we've talked about in the past, this is not a process we have control over, and the EPA will take the necessary time to complete a very thorough process. Detail engineering at Florence is now approximately 85% complete and will be in a good position for the start of construction. And we certainly have the balance sheet to execute the project as well. Our cash balance grew again this quarter, even with Florence CapEx and the semi-annual coupon payment on bonds. Uh, reflected in the third quarter. We added a $50 million revolving credit facility, and, and Bryce will talk more about that in a minute. But that brings our available liquidity to about $300 million uh, Canadian dollars at quarter end. And don't forget, we have a copper price protection program in place uh, through the first half next year. So to wrap up here, I continue to believe that Taseko is uniquely positioned with a solid base of cash flow from Gibraltar and a fantastic, low-cost, environmentally friendly copper project at Florence. With a scarcity of new copper projects on the horizon, existing mines and projects are becoming increasingly valuable, especially when they're located in high-quality jurisdictions like ours are. We're in a great environment today, and will continue to remain disciplined in our approach to operations, capital spending. And environmental and safety performance. And with that I'll now pass the call over to our CFO Bryce, for some additional comments before we open up the line for questions.
3: Bryce? Thanks Stuart and good morning everyone. I'll try to keep this uh, relatively brief as the financial results this quarter really speak for themselves. We've given pretty good guidance this year that the second half of the year would be significantly better than the first half and we are extremely pleased that our financial results this quarter were in line with that expectation and guidance. With the strong copper prices prevailing in the quarter at an average of $4.25 per pound, we did realize record revenue for Taseco at $133 million based on £32 million of sales. Copper price and sales volumes coupled with C1 costs of $1.57 per pound also contributed to record quarterly adjusted EBITDA of $76 million and adjusted earnings of $27 million, or $0.10 per share. And this adjusted EPS figure is net of $21 million of deferred taxes, as cash taxes were only $1 million in the quarter for our our mineral tax. So really, adjusted earnings after cash taxes was $0.17 per share. We are very pleased to have closed a $50 million revolving credit facility with National Bank for a three-and-a-half-year tenor in early October. As many of you know, the pursuit of a revolving credit facility has been in the works for some time and we work closely with National Bank team to structure one that would complement our capital plans at Florence while also providing us enough flexibility on covenants to meet our strategic objectives and allow alternative financing sources should we need them. We have not drawn on it and have no immediate plans to, other than possibly some small letters of credit to free up some restricted cash. This RCF coupled with our ending cash position at $239 million and future cash flows from Gibraltar give us sufficient liquidity to fund Florence's construction costs at current copper prices. You will also see that investment at Florence began increasing in Q3, with $19 million in expenditures being capitalized. In addition to site spend, we incurred $5 million for detailed engineering and design, which is now about 85% complete, and $9 million for first deposits for procuring the lead order equipment uh, for our SXEW plant, With outstanding Florence capital commitments of $31 million at the end of September, we will continue to make progress payments on these lead orders into Q4 and make further capital commitments to protect the construction schedule against supply chain and inflationary pressures. Our concentrated inventory also increased in Q3 up to uh, just shy of £5 million due to some port congestion in the late summer months as sales was less than production. We expect those inventory levels to come down by the end of the year to further bolster Q4 revenue and cash. Cash flow and earnings will also be supported by our hedging program, which provides a $4 floor into mid-next year, which will assist us if we face any demand or price volatility in the near term, and we will look to add further callers or puts when it's cost-effective for us to do so, while keeping significant upside for our shareholders. So we expect to grow our cash balance and decrease net debt into, into the fourth quarter, even with spend at Florence ramping up. I'll now p- turn it back to the operator, Kelsey, for any questions. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchstone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order that they are received. Did you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star followed by the 2. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment, please for your first question. Your first question does come from Ed Brucker from Kelly's. Please go ahead.
4: Hey, uh thanks for taking the call and thanks for taking my question question this morning. Um so the first one I had uh just with the EPA decision, um could you explain the public comment period and kind of what that entails and uh, how long that will be and then is there any worry that that could be kind of another speed bump uh, in the permitting process
5: yeah and this is a uh, Richard Trombley here uh, so the public comment period uh, what we're informed by EPA uh, is envisioned to be 45 days and during that 45 days anyone the The draft permit's available for review, and anyone can provide comments into EPA on on the draft permit. There's also a public hearing that will be held uh, roughly 30 days into the 45-day public comment period, and uh, that's a virtual... uh, It'll be a virtual hearing, and uh, anyone can ask to speak, and it's not... The way that works is... uh, Participants uh, basically get their opportunity to speak and and voice uh, their position on any issues with the permit or support for the permit, any of those aspects, and essentially at the end of the 45 days, EPA takes all the comments received, comments made at the public hearing and then uh, decides or reviews if they need to make any um, uh, changes or updates to the draft permit based on those comments
4: Got it um, and then you know, if you do get the EPA decision, which sounds like it's, it's progressing, um, can you remind us kind of what the factors are needed for uh, in situ mining to be effective for copper specifically? I know it's used for uranium quite a bit, um, just from a geological perspective, geography perspective, and then how confident you are that it's going to work, uh, you know, in scale?
2: Yeah, hi, hi, Edith Stewart speaking here. I think the big thing we have going for us at Florence is it's and that's somewhat unique for a copper ore body. Is we have a highly fractured uh, deposit, and that is required uh, for in-situ mining, and, and that's what we have. As I said, it's quite unique. It's a very unique situation in copper, and the test work that we've done, um, you know, really over the last eight years, including lab-scale work, and then ultimately with the uh, the test facility that we built in 2018 and operated for two years you know, has really proven to us um uh, that it works and that it that we're you know we're highly confident uh in moving forward with the commercial facility. So um we're pretty excited about it. It's you know it's a low cost, it's a very environmentally friendly uh way of mining, as I mentioned, and so yeah, we're optimistic here for the for the for the coming years and the growth that it's gonna provide us.
4: Got it. And then, you know, it, it's not base case I I don't think, but uh just wanted to get a sense that if the EPA decision comes back negatively, or something goes wrong in the public comment comment period, what's the contingency plan? Do you, do you plan to just run Gibraltar, uh, look at improvements there, uh, or look at other pro- projects like the Yellowhead projects, or, or maybe even use the uh, opportunity to to deleverage at that point?
2: Well, you know, I mean, we're not really thinking in those in in that uh, lens at this point. I mean, we're we're going you know ahead on Florence we're, we're very optimistic that uh it's going to get permitted I guess the one comment I would add on on in terms of the public comment period that Richard described is we've we've been through a public comment period um already a year ago um which for the state permitting process and that went very smoothly and there weren't any uh, significant issues or or opposition raised so you know we're optimistic about about the permitting process. We think we're going to get permitted and start construction next year. Um, you're right, we do have uh, other projects um, in the pipeline. We've got potential at Gibraltar um, to expand the mine life, which we talked about in, in uh, on my call on the script a minute ago. Uh, and of course, Yellowhead coming in the future too. So we've got other other projects in the pipeline, but, you know, really, you know, really, we're confident that Florence is, is
4: gonna be the next mine for Tecico. Got it, that makes sense. So just one, one cleanup real quick, uh if I can sneak this in. But that nineteen million uh that you spent on Florence this year, uh or excuse me, this quarter, uh is that included in the total uh project spend, which I think was two hundred and thirty million, or is that on top of that two hundred thirty million?
3: yeah we have um in that 19 million there is site spend so that's that site spend which is um about four four to five million a quarter in is not included in uh, the capex but the 15 million that uh, has been paid for both detailed engineering and uh, the lead orders would be awesome thanks for the
4: time this morning
0: Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one. Your next question comes from Craig Hutchinson from TD Bank. Please go ahead.
6: Hey, good morning, guys. Um, just a follow-up question on Florence. Just As you guys are waiting that the final permits, you did mention you're going to spend some more here in Q4. I feel like any sense of the capital you guys plan to spend this quarter in terms of Florence, maybe kind of a breakdown between long lead items and detail engineering
2: yeah craig i can i can um take a take take a shot about one i mean essentially where we are today um we 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 published our commitments at 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 september but you know sitting here today we've committed roughly 35 million dollars u.s dollars towards um long lead time items that spend um will as bryce described will Dribble in over the next few quarters. Um, we may we are looking at potentially an additional commitment of around 10 million U.S. and that again is to to, to hedge or to protect ourselves in some respect on, on some items that we think are at risk for inflation. Um, you know, beyond that, we'll, we'll continue at, at similar spend rates. Um, you may see a little bit of a ramp up in in kind of the two or three. Uh, months early next year as we prepare for, for site construction activities. But those are, that's kind of a general framework of how we're thinking. Okay.
6: About. And is there any sort of, sort of set timelines for the EPA to kind of get back in terms of the post um, public commentary period? Are they sort of like, you know, mandatory 30, 45 day periods, or do they have the flexibility to, to take all the time they need?
2: They have flexibility for sure. There's no, there's no timeline or no, no mandated timeline, but certainly something we've, we've talked about with them, um, and you know a lot of that will depend on the magnitude of the comments and um, that, that that come out of the uh, public comment period. Again, if it's if it follows the the state process, which you know we're hopeful it will, it, we believe that that uh, review should go fairly smoothly. So you know. That's
6: the okay. way we're thinking about it. Yeah. And maybe just at Gibraltar, um, we've seen CapEx come down for the last uh, couple of quarters here. Um, any guidance you can give for, for Q4? Do you, do you see kind of spending um, being similar to the Q3 levels, or do you think it uh, continues to decline here?
5: Um, yeah, Craig Richard here. So, CapEx in Q4. Uh, between capitalized stripping, capitalized components as general investment will be uh, actually coming down a bit from
6: where we're in Q3. Okay. And I know next year you haven't obviously provided guidance, but you did, you know, state that production will be sort of similar levels to this year. Can we assume throughput's going to be a little bit higher, um, you know, because of the softer ore, the grades will probably be similar to to reserve levels?
5: Yeah, so... <laughs> we're we're not
2: I mean definitely there's some upside in in the throughput um you know as it, as you sit today we're in the very you know we had initial um, production um of, of that ore process through the mill and it looks pretty good but it's early days and, and we're not going to kind of give, give greater throughput guidance um, today you know but I just generally that we think can do similar production here and and uh, I think we can give um, you know certainly give more colour and specific guidance next
6: quarter. Great oh, okay, guys. Thanks. Um great to see the free cash flow. Yeah, thanks Craig.
0: There are no further questions at this time. You may please proceed.
6: Okay,
2: thanks everyone uh for dialing in and we will talk to you again uh, uh at year end at our year end call in February. I know.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you so much for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.